Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Time now for the Brian Barrett Show on EEI. Oh, no, you just, you miss shots sometimes. I ain't missed this many shots in my career, but I think it's, I guess it's part of it and can't get too down, can't get too excited. You know, I try to be the same person, seven for 30 as when I was going 50 and 60. You know, I can't change who I am or how I act or want anybody to feel bad for me. I'm missing shots. You know, I'm continuing to keep working. It's gonna come. I haven't doubted myself, not once. Neither have my teammates, neither have my opponents. You know, they still guard me closely. They don't leave me, they don't help because they know what I'm capable of, but just gotta keep working at it. You know, keep watching film. You got to keep shooting, you know, to, I'll figure it out. And in the meantime, you know, just keep trying to find ways to help us win games. All right, that's Jason Tatum, who is just having a miserable shooting season so far. What's wrong with Tatum? 617-779-7937 is the number. By the way, if you want to weigh in on Eduardo Rodriguez taking his talents to Detroit, that's on the table. And also, are the Patriots a legitimate contender in the AFC? 617 779 7937 the number. So one thing that sticks out with me with Tatum, you look at these numbers, it's jarring. He's shooting 38% from the field, 31% from three, and 76% from the free throw line. Last year he shot 46%, 39% from three, and 87% from the free throw line. And at the beginning of the season, one of the topics in the league was the ball. Because remember, for some inexplicable reason, they switched from Spalding to Wilson. I still have no idea why you would do that. You've been playing with the same ball for all these years. Everybody liked it. Why the hell would you switch it? Although it didn't affect Steph Curry whatsoever. But nonetheless, I gave him like a break for the first three to four games of the season. But now we're 14 games in. What is going on? This guy has got to start to hit shots. And the most revealing thing is he's missing open shots, right? So if you look at it, the NBA tracks all this stuff. So if you look at... What is labeled to be open, four to six feet without a defender near you. Six plus feet would be considered to be wide open. So four to six feet is open. Those are 38.3% of Jason Tatum's field goal attempts. That's a rel- not a high number, but a relatively decent number, right? You know what his field goal percentage are on open shots this season? Or his field goal percentage is, I should say? 37%. He's shooting just 37% this season. On shots, on shots that are deemed to be open. Open shots. Jason Tatum, who came out of Duke, is this great shooter. He's been a great shooter throughout his NBA career, shooting 37% on open shots. It's just mind-boggling to think about it. And the other thing I would allude to is this. He's shooting 52% in the restricted area. That's just unacceptable. He has got to finish better when he gets in there. What was the whole point of 
adding this armor, if you will, putting on the 10 pounds of muscle. Why did you do that? So you could finish at the rim more, so you could take more punishment and get to the free throw line more. Why aren't you finishing through contact? That's the thing in year, what, five of his career, he should be able to do this more. He shouldn't be all the time, and it's really when you watch it, he gets near the basket, and it's almost like a nonchalant attempt. It's not, hey, I'm going to go through a guy. That's what I don't see from Jason Tatum nearly enough. When he gets to the basket, there is not that level of determination. You go back to when Paul Pierce was here, and Paul Pierce was at his prime. When he got to the rim, he was going to finish. And I know Paul Pierce, much bigger player in terms of the girth, if you will, the muscle than Jason Tatum. But you got to be determined when you get to the basket, and Jason Tatum isn't. That's the thing that irritates me. The other thing is he's shooting just 35.8% in the paint non-restricted area. So outside of that restricted area, he's shooting 35.8%, which tells you this. He's got to develop a better floater game because that's the area where you utilize the floater, and clearly Jason Tatum has not had success with the floater whatsoever. Now, one other thing I would mention about Jason Tatum in terms of part of the reason that he's been completely inefficient. When he shoots after having the ball for more than six seconds, right? So when he's getting into his pretty game, if you will, he's putting the ball on the ground. He's giving you the jab step, et cetera. Those situations, when he has the ball in his hands for more than six seconds and then he shoots, he's doing that 23.2% of the time. You know what he's shooting in those situations? 33% and 23% from three. So here's the thing that Jason Tatum needs to learn to do. Move the damn ball. You holding on to the ball for more than six seconds, if you're going to take a shot after that, you're shooting 33%. You're shooting 23% from three-point territory. So that's the issue, is when Jason Tatum holds on to the ball forever, he doesn't finish with any level of efficiency. He becomes, in fact, an inefficient player when he does that. So somebody's got to drill it into his head. Hey, if you don't get a good shot quickly, if you don't beat your man off the dribble quickly, get rid of the ball because this whole you holding the ball at the elbow, you're holding the ball on the wing, the the above-the-break three area, it's not a successful formula for you. It's not working. All the numbers are there. Somebody's got to show him the numbers and say, hey, this is what you're doing when you hold on to the ball. Move the ball. And here's the other thing I would allude to with Tatum that completely pisses me off, and it happens with Jalen Brown as well. And maybe this is a coaching thing with Ime Adoka. Maybe this is on the head coach of the team because it's not drilled into these guys and it's not part of the system. Why don't they move when they don't have the ball? I'll never understand this. Jason Tatum, when he doesn't have the ball, why isn't he moving? Like, the most you'll see him move is he'll, like, run across the baseline, he'll come off a screen, he'll get the ball. Here's the thing. You look at some of the elite offensive players in the NBA. You look at Steph Curry, arguably the best offensive player in the NBA. When he doesn't have the ball, he never stops moving. And look, Jason Tatum clearly is not the shooter that Steph Curry is. But there is at least, and to Tatum's credit, this is true, teams are still defending him like he's a superstar-level player. But here's the thing. Even Tatum has not shot the ball well this season. He does have some gravity where defenses are following him. So him moving off the ball is going to make offense easier for so many other players on the team is because... Hey, teams are concerned about Tatum going underneath the basket and coming out for a three. Oh, okay, this guy just lost his defender. Oh, here's a wide-open dunk for somebody. We see that happen all the time with the Warriors. I just don't understand why he doesn't move without the basketball. It doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. So if you don't have the ball, you're just going to stand there? I don't get it. And this, again, this could be a coaching thing because the same thing happens with Jalen Brown where sometimes we'll be watching the game 
And there'll be possessions in a row where the guy's just in the damn corner. Why aren't they doing anything with Jalen Brown? So I believe when you look at this offense, I'll get into some numbers in greater detail in terms of just how inefficient it's been. We talk about they got to be a better passing team all the time, right? We talk about that. They need more playmakers. Well, one of the other things they need is they just need more player movement. Forget the ball movement. No offense, Glenn Ordway, but get get more player movement. That's what this team needs right now. 617-779-7937 is the number. If you want to wait on the Celtics offense, certainly welcome to do so. What the hell's wrong with Jason Tatum? The Patriots on the table as well. Are they a legitimate contender in the AFC? And also the Red Sox, what do you make of them deciding to not bring Eduardo Rodriguez back and him going to the Detroit Tigers? Let's get to David in Florida. Hey, David. Yeah. um, You know, if I were to close my eyes and cover my ears, um, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, um, you know, not that much different than my uh, than my two favorites with the uh, Red Sox, you know. Uh, I, I don't I mean, know what you mean. I mean, you know, Jason Tatum and 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 his whatever is Brown. I mean, you know, Devers uh, and, um, and Bogarts, same personality, same same bad habits. Why doesn't he move? Because he's conserving his energy. He, he doesn't want to sweat, you know? I mean, why doesn't Tatum move? I mean, I mean, God forbid. I mean, break a sweat, Mr. Tatum, right? I mean, earn your, earn your salary, for, for God's sake. Are we asking that much out of you? Yeah, I'd like Today, him to move more without the ball. I don't get the comparison to Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts. But anyway, we can move on from that. What's your other point, David? I mean, Javi Baez, I mean, good, goodness gracious. I mean, now, you, now you're just taking my thunder. I mean, well, I mean what's that going to do? I, I mean, don't want Baez. I mean, you want Baez? I don't think they'll get him either. He's going to get over 100 mil. Not. I mean, why don't they just try and bring back Babe Ruth or um, or, or, or Barry Bonds? I mean, you know, maybe they can just hit the, hit the way to... Well, I mean, I would take Barry Bonds in a second, David, if they could get Barry Bonds oh. in his prime. I, yeah, well, Barry Vaughn's is an elite defensive player as well. I don't know if you realize that. Yeah. And what's, what's, what's going on with uh, my buddy E? I mean, are they going to let Ooh. him go? E. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't mind him coming back, would you? Yeah. Of course. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I want him starting there. You know, I mean, they wouldn't have made the postseason if it wasn't for him. And if they had any brains, they would have gotten him a little earlier in the year. But, you know, that, that's why the, 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 the boneheaded Red Sox who – who by accident happened to win a World Series or a few every every eighty six years? But uh, I mean, they just they, they they continually yeah they accidentally won a World Series at eighteen when they had one hundred and eight wins. They were by far the best yeah. team in the sport, but that was yeah. that was an accident. Yes, it was. Yes. Uh, All right, David. Hey, a, hey, man. Enjoy yeah. enjoy the off season. Hope you have a good night. His line's open if you want to grab it at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. They accidentally won a couple of World Series in 04, They had Pedro Martinez and Kurt Schilling. They had David Ortiz. They had Manny Ramirez. They accidentally won a World Series. In 07, they were an absolute wagon with Josh Beckett, who was absolutely outstanding in that 07 run. They accidentally won the World Series. In 13, when David Ortiz turned into, like, the greatest hitter in playoff history, they won accidentally. In 18, Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, accidentally they won a World Series. Good points by David. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Joe. Offseason for David, you could tell. His comparison makes no sense either. Oh, anyway, I want to get back to the Celtics offense. So here's the thing. The Celtics offense right now, 104.6 rating on the season. 
and it's been atrocious as of late. Now, the good thing for the Celtics is they are 5-2 and two in their last seven. That lost the other night. to the. I know they won last night, and thank God they came out of there with a split. But if you go back to that game on Saturday night, how do you let that thing get away? And how about the last shot they got? Dennis Schroeder, like a fadeaway? What the hell is it? I don't mind Schroeder taking the shot because the guy had 38 points, and he was great in that game. But what the hell was that? That's what you draw up? I mean, come on. That was absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, getting back to the original point. They're 5-2, and two, which is great in their last seven, right? Because they started the season, it was just horrible. But they found an identity. It's on the defensive side. We'll get to that in a second. But if you look at the offense right now, they're, they have a 104.6 rating, which that's horrible. That's 24th in the NBA. And I know what everybody's going to point to is, well, let's see what happens when Jalen gets back. And, and maybe it'll be different when Jalen gets back into the equation. But here's the reality. The Celtics have a 104.6 offensive rating without Jalen. They have a 104.6 rating with Jalen. So it's pretty much the same thing from an offensive perspective with and without Jalen. I feel like it's more of the system than anything else. There's got to be more player movement. There's got to be more ball movement. And there just isn't that with the Celtics team right now. So it's going to be great to have him back. And he's obviously a great defensive player as well. But they got to get better shots. That's the reality of the situation. You look at it this season. They are getting 20.4 wide open attempts per game. That means the defender is not within six feet. It's not bad. It's slightly above average. It's 12th in terms of the attempts they're getting. But they're shooting just 35.3% on wide open jump shots. Think about that. 35.3% of wide open jump shots. That's 26 in the NBA. So they're getting the 12th most wide open shots, which is slightly above average. But they're shooting 35.3%. It's horrible. They don't have enough shooting on this team. You look at this as well. 32.8% on wide open threes. So wide open threes. The defender's not within six feet of you. The Celtics are shooting 27%. They're shooting 38, 32.8%. That's 27th in the NBA. That's horrible. Then you look at this. In terms of open jump shots, right? You're talking about a defender not within four to six feet. 21.4 attempts. That's 20th in the league. So they're only getting the 20th most open shots in the league, and they're shooting 38% on those, which isn't great. But nonetheless, the point being is you're not generating good shots. You're only 20th in the NBA in open shot attempts, which is not nearly good enough. Then you look at this. They're taking 11.4 tight shot attempts per game. That means the defender is 2 to 4 feet away. That ranks 19th in the NBA. Not a good number. They're hitting just 32.7% of those. That's 17th in the league. So they're taking way too many contested jump shots. None of those are good shots. And then you talk about the fact that I allude to there's no ball movement. There's no player movement. They are 16th in potential assists at 45.9. They are 26th in the NBA in points created via the assist, 57.1 a game. Not good. 11.2% of their possessions are in isolation. Here's the most troubling thing to me, and Jason Tatum is the main culprit of this. They are second in the NBA to the Nets. And the reason the Nets are in isolation is because they have two of the best isolation players in the NBA in Kevin Durant and James Harden. It makes sense for the Nets to play a lot of iso ball. It doesn't for the Celtics. 11.2% of possessions, that should never happen with this team. Here's where they rank in terms of efficiency in iso. 37.8% from the field, they're shooting in isolation situations. That's 24th in the league. They're averaging 0.84 points per possession in ISO. That's 20th in the league. So they use isolation, the second most in the entire league. They're 24th in field goal percentage, and they're 28th, or 20th rather, in points per possession in those particular situations. Why are they playing so much ISO ball if they're not good at it? It makes no sense to me whatsoever. And I put a lot of this on the coach. 
He's done a great job with the defense. I'll get into that in a second here. But there has got to be a better offensive system than the one they're running right now. I know they don't have a lot of great shooters, but it doesn't mean that this team has no should have no player movement. Guys do not move without the basketball. It makes no sense. And they got to get away from isolation. If I have these numbers, Ime Adoka and his staff should have these numbers. Tell your guys to stop doing it. You're the coach of the team. The other thing I would point to is this. They get no easy baskets. Just 13.7% of their possessions are in transition. That ranks 27th in the NBA. This is a very athletic team. Even the big men. You think about Robert Williams, who hopefully he's okay with his knee situation. It just seems like it's one thing after another with that guy. He's having a tremendous season. But, man, the guy cannot stay healthy. It's irritating. Had to leave that game, or I should didn't really leave. He just didn't come back into the game. Sitting on the sideline last night with knee soreness. But that's a real athletic big, right? One of the more athletic bigs in the NBA. You look at Jason Tatum, very athletic wing. Dennis Schroeder, very fast in the open floor. And when Jalen Brown's back in the equation, of course, very good running the floor as well. Why isn't this team running more? Especially considering their defense has been really good. They should be running more. That's something the head coach needs to drill into this team. Because of the fact your half-court offense has not been efficient, you're not getting good shots, this is an easy opportunity to get good shots. Get out and run. The Celtics are not doing it. I can't figure it out. 617-779-7937, 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to RJ in Maine. What's up, RJ? Hey, what's going on? Uh, you read my mind because the other day I was watching that game. I was just screaming about why aren't guys moving around. But my oh, it, It's infuriating, he's... isn't it? it? And even if it's like, for example, if it's a pick-and-roll situation with, we saw it a lot last night with Schroeder and Horford, and that was very effective during the stretch. But even if it's a pick-and-roll situation, everybody else is just spaced out to the corner. Like, these guys can move a little bit. It's just irritating to me. Nobody cuts. Exactly, but my biggest irritation is Brown getting lumped in with Tatum. Brown, I feel like he'll drive to the basket and he'll dump it off. He has like a good mid-range game, a good three-point. He's good on D, and Tatum to me is just, uh, I don't know, I think he's a diva, and this is not going to be popular, but I'd rather trade Tatum any day of the week than keep Brown for, I'd rather keep Brown and trade Tatum is what I'm saying. I I understand your point, RJ, because Jalen Brown does constantly put the pressure on the basket. That's for sure. He's been an outstanding defender throughout his career. But I want to see what those guys can do basically for the entirety of a season together. Because I look at last year, I don't think that's a good enough illustration of what the two guys are together because they didn't really have a team around him. And I'm not telling you this is the greatest roster around these guys this year, but it's much better than the one they had last year because you never knew when Kemba was going to play. Fournier came here, and right away it seemed like he got cold, but he never got into a rhythm whatsoever. So I do feel like this is at least a slightly better roster around these guys. So I want to figure out what they can do together this season. And, uh, of course, they're going to need Jalen Brown back in the equation at some point. The one thing that concerns me, though, RJ, about Jalen is, again, as I allude to with Robert Williams, it's always something with Jalen Brown in terms of injuries. Every year it's something with this guy. Yeah, he's got, like, the Jimmy Garoppolo thing going, but... I don't know. I, I guess I could see it for, you know, another year. But he, he just the way he talks after his – or when he talks, when he decides to talk, it always just seems like he's unwilling to change Tatum, that is. Yeah, like and, I hated uh, he, that. He just thinks his way – it's his way of the highway. Really. Yeah, I hated that answer last night, RJ, when he talked about, well, teams are still guarding me this way. I can't get too caught up in it. It's like, well, you got to make some sort of adjustment. Don't you realize the reason that your shooting percentages are way down is because you're taking bad shots. That's the thing that irritates me is it feels like he doesn't understand that part of it. He's not taking good shots. Right, right. And I guess he's still, what, 22? How old is he now? No, I think he's going to be 24. Oh, Oh, yeah. All right, man. 
All right, good stuff, RJ. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. That's the thing that irritates me, and that's why we played that answer in terms of the shooting. That's the thing that does irritate me about Tatum. He talks about the fact that he's taking good shots. He's, teams are still covering him the same way. So, dude, you're not taking good shots. That's the reality of the situation right now. You're not taking good shots. You're not using your possessions wisely. He's much better in pick-and-roll situations than he is ISO. Why does he use isolation situations so much? Why is he using hero ball? That's what irritates me about Tatum. I'm a big Tatum guy. The guy's obviously got a ton of talent. He can do everything on the court from an offensive perspective, but he's just got to be smarter in terms of how he uses his possessions, and he's got to realize some of this stuff. that's like You can't hold on to the ball forever. You're not going to get a good shot that way. It just doesn't. He's never throughout his career been a good isolation player. The numbers dictate that. So why do you use so many damn possessions in isolation? That's what I can't understand. And the other thing I'd allude to is why can't the coaching staff get through to him? If I'm giving you these numbers in terms of he's very inefficient when he holds the ball for more than six seconds, why can't the coaching staff drill that with down with them? I don't understand that whatsoever. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. All right, the C's do have one thing going for them that'll be a strength all season long. We'll get to that next here on WEI. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Back to what you want to hear. More of Brian Barrett on EEI. Defense, even some of these losses have been pretty solid. Do you feel like that's something you guys can really build on and that's going to be kind of identity? Yeah, I mean, we've been building on it, and I feel like that's our identity. Um, you know, tough defensive team. Um, uh, you know, we're going to make it hard on people. And and I feel like that has to be our identity because that's going to put us in position, you know, to be able to win games night in and night out. 
All right, that's Al Horford of the Celtics defense. And that's the thing that I point out. This Celtics defense is going to be good all season long. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. 617-779-7937. The question is going to be, can the offense be better than average? Because so far this season, they've been one of the worst offenses in the entire league, even when Jalen Brown was part of the equation as well. It didn't just happen when Jalen went down with the injury. But nonetheless, the defense has been what has gotten the Celtics on this 5-2 and two streak in their last seven games. They've played really well from a defensive perspective really all season long, but especially during this nice run where they've won 5-7. of seven. So you look at it on the season, they're 10th in defensive rating, 104.1. But that's skewed a little bit by that horrible game that they played against the Chicago Bulls. If you go since that debacle against the Bulls, the seven games where the Celtics have gone 5-2 and two during that stretch, the defense has been the main reason why. 97 defensive rating during that stretch. That is first in the NBA. It's two points better than the Suns, who are second during that stretch. They are giving up just 8.3 second chance points. That is first in the NBA during that stretch. They are giving up 37.4 points in the paint during that stretch. That is second, which is really, really good. 8.7 opponents fast break points, which is really good. That is second in the NBA. 77.6 77.6 defensive rebound rate. That's fourth in the league. Remember how many times the Celtics have struggled over the past couple of years rebounding the basketball? That has not been an issue for this team whatsoever. So this is one thing I know I got on the coach for the offensive system, or I should say this, the lack of an offensive system. They don't have an offense. They don't have an identity on that side of the ball. But the one thing you do have to give the coach credit for is Ime Adoka was basically labeled as this defensive coach coming in. He was the defensive coordinator for Philadelphia. He was the defensive coordinator for Greg Popovich and the Spurs. That was sort of his bread and butter. And then he did the same thing with the Nets last year. And really, that Nets team was bad defensively. I get it for a large portion of the season. Partly, I would argue, because they didn't care. But when they got into the postseason, they played really well defensively. Even going into that series against the Bucs shorthanded, they played really well. And Ime Adoke was really able to essentially hide some of the flaws that his defense had. You can only play one way when James Harden's on the floor. You have to switch everything because he he will not get over a screen. So he was able to basically adjust his defense to hide James Harden's faults as a defensive player, and he was able to do that last year when the Nets got into the postseason. But he has done a good job sort of coming up with a defensive system and a defensive scheme for this team. And if you look at some of the reasons that this team is really good defensively from a personnel perspective, it's really three guys. It's Al Horford, it's Robert Williams, and it's Marcus Smart. So let's start with Al. 12.6 contested shots per game. Remember, this is a guy that had knee issues with Philadelphia, was not good for Philly. He went to Oklahoma City. He had a good season last year when they actually let him play, and then they started to win too many games, and they're like, Al... We're not going to play you. We, we need to lose. We need to get a good draft pick, so we're not going to play you anymore. And there were real questions about how effective Al Horford was going to be coming here. I felt Al Horford would help this team offensively because we all know he's a really good passer. He can stretch the floor a little bit offensively in terms of he still has a relatively consistent jump shot, if you will. I'm not telling you he's Jokic out there, but he can shoot a three. He can shoot a long two, certainly. That's where I thought his presence would be felt the most is the offensive side of the ball. I did not see this coming defensively. Third in the NBA in contested shots. And the other thing with Al is he's second in the NBA in blocks per game. He's averaging 2.3 blocks per game. The only guy in the league averaging more blocks per game than Al Horford is Miles Turner. This guy's averaging more blocks per game than the reigning defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert. He's had a tremendous impact on this team. He's not even playing major minutes. 
He's not even playing 30 minutes a game. He's third in the league, or I should say, yeah, third in the league in contested shots. He's second in blocks. So Al's been tremendous for this team. The other guy that's been really good, and let's hope he can stay healthy, is Robert Williams, who's dealing with left knee soreness right now. If you look at him on the season, 10.8 contested shots per game. That is 16th in the NBA. So you have two players on your team in the top 16 in the league in contested shots per game, which is really an impressive number. By the way, Robert Williams averaging 1.8 blocks per game. That is sixth in the NBA. So you have two guys in the top six in block shots per game. The other thing is Marcus Smart has been the Marcus Smart that we've come to know over the bulk of his career. I would argue that last year, and if you look at some of the advanced metrics, it would bear out my argument. Marcus Smart was not the same defender last year that he's been in previous seasons. Well, he is getting back to being that guy. If you look at him on the season, 3.9 deflections per game. That is fourth in the league. So he's all over the place from a defensive perspective. The other thing is this. He's tallying up the steals again. I know steals are not the best defensive stat, right? Because, like, Allen Iverson used to get a ton of steals. The guy was not a good defensive player. He had good hands, not a good defensive player. Gave up on things all the time. Marcus Smart's not that type of guy. But 2.5 steals per game, second in the league to only Chris Paul, who's averaging 2.6. That is definitely a thing that you can rely on going forward because we've seen this with Smart before. So you have three legitimate elite defensive players in Horford and Robert Williams and Marcus Smart. Tatum's a good defender, and he can be even better if he puts his mind to it. And we all know that Jalen Brown's a good defender as well. Richardson's a good defensive player as well, although I'm not the biggest Richardson guy because I never feel like anything that guy shoots is going to be anywhere near the bucket. I mean, that's obviously an issue with him. He's That's why he's on his third team in the past three seasons is ever since he left the Miami Heat, the guy's forgotten how to shoot the basketball. He just cannot do it with any level of consistency whatsoever. But I do truly believe, based on the fact that the head coach, his background is defense, not offense. He did it in multiple different places before. The fact that the head coach is really good coming up with defensive schemes. The fact that Horford is rejuvenated by being back here with the Celtics. He looks spry. He really does. For a guy in his mid-30s, he looks spry. looks very athletic. Robert Williams, we know what he can do from a defensive perspective. And the fact that you have Marcus Smart. So it's the coach, it's the system, and it's the personnel. That's why I truly believe that this defense isn't going anywhere this season, which that brings you back to the original point. It's going to come down to the offense with this team. If they can get better from an offensive perspective, and I'm not telling you they need to be an elite offensive team, but they need to be better than average. If they can get back to being better than average, which they were for most of the Brad Stevens are. In fact, some of those years, they were really good from an offensive perspective. The question is going to become this. What is Brad Stevens going to do to upgrade this team from a personnel standpoint when we get closer to the trading deadline? Because if you look at the team right now, now injuries notwithstanding, if you get to the deadline and you're dealing with a bunch of injuries, okay, then it's a totally different conversation. But if you look at this team right now, what's the one thing you would say they need? I would say it's shooting. You don't need a shot blocker. You have two of those. You don't need a defensive wing. You have three of those. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. You don't need superstar level players. You believe that you have those guys in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. What you need are guys on the periphery. And what you really are hoping for is that Josh Richardson can get closer to that guy than he's been for the majority of the season. And maybe a guy like Aaron Neesmith can develop into that. I continue to say that I'd like to see Aaron Neesmith get more burn because of the fact that he was labeled back in the 2020 draft as the best shooter in that particular draft. So I'd like to see him get more opportunities because if that's actually what he is, then that's a huge 
benefit for this team going forward because, and I know that I got I get on Tatum for some of the shots that he takes, but what Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum need right now, and this is how Tatum does have a point when it comes to this one. He says teams are still defending me the same way. The problem with this team right now is when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, when they drive, when they do get into the paint and they kick it out to shooters, who do you believe is actually going to knock down a three? Marcus Smart, we know that story. Josh Richardson, we've seen it for the majority of this season and really over the past three years for the guy, he's not consistent. Grant Williams, I know he had the great start to the season, but nobody's relying on him to the three. So that's the problem, right? So even if you draw two, who are you kicking the basketball to? That's the thing with this team that, is I don't want to say infuriating, but it's aggravating, is you don't have enough guys around Tatum and Brown to be able to to knock down jump shots consistently. And when you have two guys that can beat their guy off the dribble, that's what you need. Now, maybe Dennis Schroeder, to a lesser extent, he's never been a great shooter, but that's another guy that can beat you off the dribble. It feels like what this team is missing is that gravity on the offensive side of the ball where you have a legitimate shooter. That's why when I look at this team right now, they sit at 500. They're 7-7 seven and seven on the season. I would do everything I can if I'm Ime Adoka and this coaching staff to continue to develop Aaron Neesmith because that's really your only guy internally that can develop into an elite shooter this season. Josh Richardson's never going to be an elite shooter. Marcus Smart's never going to be an elite shooter. Grant Williams is never going to be an elite shooter. There is at least a possibility that Aaron Neesmith can be that guy. And if he's the only guy on the roster, and I'm not talking about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum because those are different conversations. Those are your pillars offensively. But if the only guy that has the potential to do that in the long term is Jalen Brown, or excuse me, that is Aaron Neesmith, then he needs to get more opportunities at that. Because if he does develop into that guy, maybe you don't need that type of player at the trading deadline. But that's what I would be targeting if I was Brad Stevens. So why wouldn't you, if you're Ime Adoka, try to see what you have with Aaron Neesmith? And it's not like, I know Ime Adoka, he leans defense over offense. That's why he leans Josh Richardson, because Richardson throughout his career has been a really good defensive player. So I understand why he does that, and he's the veteran, et cetera. But does anybody think Aaron Neesmith's a liability defensively? He's a good defensive player. I'm not telling you he's one of the greatest wings in the league from a defensive perspective, but he's always going to be there from an effort level. He always gives you maximum effort when he's out on the floor. So I would just let this guy get a little bit more burned to find out what he is as a shooter because this is year two for the guy. You need to find out what he is as a player. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So if you want to get in on the Celtics, certainly can. What do you make of the Patriots right now? Are they a legitimate contender in the AFC? That's on the table as well. But I do want to get to this. Eduardo Rodriguez is out of the equation. Who does Hein Bloom go after in terms of the free agent market? I'll tell you next here on WEI. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app, 
Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We're right back to it. This is Brian Barrett on EEI. All right, if you want to wait on the Celtics and their offensive struggles, defense has been great. Offense has been a major issue for this team. That's on the table. Also, are the Patriots a legitimate Super Bowl contender now? 617-779-7937. Got a text from the 774. The Celtics team is missing an Eddie House. That's Joe from Rhode Island. I agree. That's what they need. They need more shooting. They don't have enough shooting right now. One of the guys that I would be looking at right now if I was Brad Stevens, and he doesn't have the best contract in the world, but it's... An Eric Gordon player type, right? Eric Gordon's a guy that, first of all, can get his own bucket. He's a good defender as well. Real strong defender. And he can shoot threes. That's a big thing with Eric Gordon. You look at him this season, he's shooting 46% from three-point territory. Now, his minutes have gone down this season because he's playing for a Rockets team that is rebuilding. They want to get more good draft capital going forward. He's averaging 13 points of the season, but it's not like he's doing it with a high number of shots. You look at it on the year, 48% from the field, 46% from three-point territory. This is the type of player that I would target at the trading deadline if I was Brad Stevens because he's a guy that, okay, he can, I don't want to say run a second unit, but he was on the, when he's on the floor at the second unit, he can be a guy that can get you buckets. He can hold the offense for five minutes and get you points. And not to mention when Brown and Tatum are on the floor together and you have a guy like Aaron Gordon, that's a, or Eric Gordon rather, not Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon can't shoot. Eric Gordon is a knockdown three-point shooter. The defenses have to respect. He has a reputation in this league. That's the type of guy that you need is that bucket getter off the bench, that shooter, that three-point guy in terms of a guy that can do it at high volume and do it with a high level of efficiency. Eric Gordon can do both those things. That would be a guy that I'd be looking at if I was the Celtics in terms of when we approach the trading deadline. Quite frankly, you can call Houston out. It's not like they're trying to win games whatsoever. If you tell them, hey, got a way to make your team worse, we can take Eric Gordon off your hands. They're going to be willing to listen. Now, there may be more of a market as we get closer to the trading deadline with him as well. Now, I did want to get to the Red Sox for a second here because we mentioned the fact that Eduardo Rodriguez, of course, now a member of the Detroit Tigers, which then brings you to this question. So what does your starting rotation look like? And do you need to add another guy? So right now, if you look at it on paper, of all these, you're number one going into the season. It'll start opening day. You have Chris Sale. I do truly believe he's got to be better the second year after Tommy John. So that's another member of the rotation. Pavetta will be in the rotation as well. So that's three guys. Tanner Houck, you would figure, is going to start the season in the rotation. Whether or not he's going to stay there or whether they're going to put him back in the bullpen like they did last year, I believe that's going to be on the player. Tanner Houck, we all know, was really bad the third time through the order this past season. Had an opponent's OPS over 1,400. So it's going to be up to Tanner Houck whether or not he stays in the rotation. Can you go through a lineup the third time? And that brings four, that comes to four, right? Garrett Whitlock, if you're going to do that, then you're really hurting the bullpen. Because that's one of the other major issues with this team. And I wrote a column this week for WEI.com about just how bad the Red Sox are from a bullpen perspective coming back. Think about this. You have Garrett Whitlock. Who else is a dependable reliever? We're going with the assumption that Tanner Houck is coming or is going to be in the rotation. Who do you have as a legitimate bona fide reliever outside of Garrett Whitlock? You don't have one. That's the answer. You really legitimately do not have a reliever coming back. Darwinson Hernandez, walk rate was 17% this past season. That was 190th of 191 qualified relievers, or I should say 190th of the 190 relievers that threw at least 40 innings. 
Barnes post-contract extension. He was first of all, he's left off the freaking ALCS roster. Post-contract, six eleven ERA, one hundred sixty-four whip, twelve percent walk rate. Does anybody think he's going to be a contributor next year in a major way? Maybe he finds it again, but you can't trust it because what's going to happen in the second half of the season? The same damn thing happened in 19. The guy completely came undone this year, completely came undone to the point where he gave him an extension. He couldn't even pitch for you in the postseason. Embarrassing. You look at a guy like Sal Amora, good in the first half of the season, after his IL stint, after July 29th, he was horrible. Opponents hit 276 off him. Those are the guys coming back. And Josh Taylor's good. And he's really good against lefties, but he can't pitch against righties. Righties hit 327 with an 884 OPS off Taylor this past season. So Taylor, he's good. I'll give you that. He's good, but he struggles against righties. So really, you have Garrett Whitlock, Taylor, and then what else? That's the real issue with this team is the Red Sox are going to have to upgrade the bullpen this offseason. The good thing is the reliever market's great. Rysel Iglesias, that's the guy I would pay. I would give him big money because that guy is a lockdown closer. Then there's Ryan Tapera, who pitched really well for Chicago. Kendall Graveman, we saw him in the ALCS with the Astros. He was really good as well. So they need to upgrade that. But then you look at the starting rotation. Who are you going to add this offseason? Because it it does feel like they're going to have to add another starting pitcher. Because you really can't put Garrett Whitlock in the rotation based on what the bullpen looks like right now. And Garrett Whitlock in the rotation, that's still a projection to begin with. We don't know if he's going to be able to be a starting pitcher. He hasn't been a starting pitcher in the major leagues. He's been a good reliever in his one major league season. Does that automatically project him being a good rotation guy? We don't know, or a good starter, I should say. We don't know if that's the case whatsoever. So it does feel like they're going to have to go out there and get somebody in free agency. Now, of course, the guy that's on top of everybody's mind is Justin Verlander. Verlander's coming off Tommy John surgery. The projection for him is two for 40. I would do it if I was the Red Sox. Now, if they watched his workout and they didn't feel strongly about it, that's a totally different scenario. But let's go with the assumption that the Red Sox did like what they saw from Justin Verlander when he held that throwing session for, what, 20 teams about a week and a half ago now. If the Red Sox did like that, I would go after the guy because I do also think there is a certain credibility that comes with Verlander. I know he's going to be 39, but I talk about the fact that we talk about splashy moves. Well, this is a move that ignites the clubhouse. You lose a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez, and say whatever you want about Erod. He was good for the Red Sox in the postseason. He was really good for the Red Sox in stretches this season. But you bring in a guy like Justin Verlander, doesn't that sort of send the message to not the rest of the pitching staff, but the team in totality? Hey, we're going for it. And by the way, the Red Sox have a lot to sell in terms of Justin Verlander. The guy's 39. He wants to go to a contender. We all know that. So who has a better pitch to Justin Verlander than the Red Sox? Maybe the Dodgers? That's pretty much it. Do the Yankees have a better selling point than the Red Sox? No, and he's not going back to Houston. We all know that's the case. The Astros were pissed. The Astros were pissed that they were thinking about having Justin Verlander throw out the first pitch during the World Series because they felt like he wasn't around the team enough. That's a legitimate report that came out. So there's no way he's going back to Houston. Toronto could try to sell him on that, but there's no way he's going to Toronto. If I'm the Red Sox, I'm going after him hard because I do think that I have one of the best pitches to Justin Verlander, which is you have one of the best offenses in the league. You got to be around Chris Sale and Nathan Avalli. Think about that. I mean, think about the leadership that that group would have. Oh, I would do this in a heartbeat if I was the Red Sox. All right, thanks to Justin for producing. I'll be back with you tomorrow night from 10 to midnight. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.